everybody, welcome to Top 5 Movies. I'm your host, John Burke. With me, as always, is Corey Starr. Hello, hello. And Michael Sanchez. Hola, I mean, hello. Uh, Mike and I are fresh on spring break, so we're a little hyper as we're recording this early so that we can enjoy the rest of the week um, that we have off from our jobs. Uh, I spent the day grading papers. I'm not sure what Mike did. Um, I was supposed to be doing homework, but ooh. I'm late. Slacking. Yeah, I, I, I graded a bunch of essays and, and things like that today, so I am currently caught up pending anything my students turn in throughout the week, but um, I'm hoping to watch a bunch of movies this week. Uh, I'm, I'm looking to hit some of my, my big gaps. Uh, I'm looking to watch Seven Samurai, um, Apocalypse Now, uh, Lawrence of Arabia. I don't know. Are you going to make a joke? Cause... No, 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 no. I was okay. going to make a suggest. I already oh. suggested Makuru Banzai across the because ah. it's, yes. it's back on Prime. I think that so you is all a must. need to get Prime. Everybody needs to get Prime, so watch it. I think I will actually, and I'm planning to go see the Belko experiment tomorrow. I hope. Um, oh man, yeah, I'm gonna be out of town, man. Um, man, but I'm sad. Aside from that, um, we have a different type of top five list tonight. Uh, one, it's it's actually going to involve some television, which we have not done so far in 40 episodes. But it is going to be in the realm of movies. So our topic tonight is top five hypothetical TV adaptations. So these are TV shows we think should be turned into a movie. And to clarify, what we mean with that is it could be in a various methods. So if you look at TV shows that have been turned into movies uh, so far, like 21 Jump Street is a great example. Um, that was a very dramatic TV show that was turned into a comedy. But then you have um, a show like Dead Like Me from Showtime. It ended... <sighs> And they turned it into a, a single movie to follow up. They also did that with Firefly and Serenity. Um, and then there's just the uh, complete straight reboot where it's the same genre. They don't change anything, but they just want to they bring it onto the screen. Um, I don't have an example really of that one, but it could be done. So we've picked TV shows from our it could be current, could be from the, the old days that we think would be good on the big screen. And we'll explain why, whether it's a continuation of the series um, or a reboot, like a genre shift reboot, or a regular reboot. And we might have some ideas of who could be those characters or who could direct it. Um, but that's that's the idea of tonight's episode. In honor of this coming week's uh, release of Chips, which is um, looks like they're doing the same thing they did with 21 Jump Street, more of a, not as serious of a dramatic series, if I remember correctly. Chips had some humor in it. But uh, the... Go ahead. Well, oddly enough, didn't I send you guys... I know I posted it, that Chips bit that looked like real-life Street Fighter. Oh, yeah, yeah. I just never, I was, la uh, and usually it was much more of a serious show, so I think the, the way they're going to do it may work pretty well. Yeah, it, the show looks funny. They're also doing the same thing with Baywatch, which Baywatch took was melodramatic. It took itself very seriously, <laughs> um, and the, the movie looks like it's taking it very comedically, um, and... You know, it's uh, definitely following the 21 Jump Street's route. Um, and then there was the A-Team movie. I mean, there, this has been done several times. These are shows, though, that we have picked that has not been turned into movies yet that we think uh, would work really well. And um, 
we're just going to jump right into the list. So before uh, we do that, Corey. Okay, guys, spoiler warning. If you want to check out our list before you listen, go to BerkReviews.com and check it out. Um, because we're probably going to be spoiling some things for you, talking about these plot lines. And for once, it's going to be possibly TV-related, but maybe not. There may be absolutely no spoilers on this episode, because we're not really talking about movies for a change. We're talking about hypothetical movies. Um, but some of these shows, we might ruin things by, uh, like, in a, if to continue a storyline or that kind of thing. Um, so be warned, t- you can take a look at our list online, um, see what shows we recommend for this film adaptation process. And who knows, maybe we'll even write the screenplay for one of these adaptations one day, <gasps> um, if we ever feel froggy Ooh. enough. But um, are, are we doing are doing odds again to see if you're gonna? Oh uh, no, I have no clue this time. This this is an unusual type of episode. I don't know what to predict. Um, we'll do that with the movies though for sure. But mm. I'm hoping I know. Corey, Corey are you feeling adventurous, Corey? Will you do odds? I'm going to say that I am not going to know three of your shows. <laughs> three of my slash shows. movies. Yes. All right, so um, if you're new to the podcast, the way the top five thing works is we pick a topic way in advance, and we make our list in secret. Uh, this is us revealing our list to each other for the first time, and so we react and have, you know crack on each other. And Mike has a tendency to uh, to pick things that are a little more obscure than what Corey and I are familiar with. So the odds that she, he's referring to is how many we'll recognize. I'm feeling like I probably will know all of them because I grew up on old TV. So uh, I don't. That's right. You better recognize. That's right. So, but but Mike is going to start us off this week. So his number five hypothetical TV adaptation, what he hopes this show could be adapted to the big screen. What do you got, bud? All right. This one was originally a Canadian German production. Well, geez. And uh, what's up? I'm I'm already like I don't know what it is. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I win. I win. That's why I wanted to go first. I'm clapping for myself because no one else will. Um, <laughs> I caught wind of this on sci-fi way before they switched over to the S-Y-F-Y, which is not quite – I don't know why they did that. Anyway, mm-hmm. um, but the premise of Lex, the name of the show, it ran from 97 to 2002, is you know it follows the ragtag crew that makes up the, the Lex, and the ship itself – and um, I think Farscape was running, if you guys remember Farscape, um, was running around the same time in a similar pre- premise. Um, but it was uh, associated with Jim Henson's monster shop because mm-hmm. mm-hmm. some of the creatures were, were done by that. Um, in any case, um, the ship itself is sentient, but not just sentient, it's living. And to me, it was like an, a, an enormous insect larva. It looked like a, a huge... Almost like a dragonfly without wings, or like uh, not quite a dragonfly nymph, but or like a, a fly larva to me. And um, the rest of the crew was the bumbling captain, uh, who think I think he kind of stumbled onto the position because everyone else died. Uh, an undead assassin who looked like a really, really. He looked a lot like Robert Smith of the Cure, hey. uh, sort of. <laughs> um, uh, a love slave who ends up being a reptilian. I mean, they have a human form, but then not. And then a really, really frisky robotic head. Oh. And huh. the ship itself is really powerful, continually hungry because it's a living thing. And it, it's kind of, um, I want to say, because it's been a while, it's kind of like Galactus where it needs to consume the um, planets. Ah, okay. And it can destroy planet so it makes it a very highly demanded because it's a weapon of mass destruction and people are after it 
Uh, I wasn't able to watch the whole thing because it got lost in the shuffle of my life. I think working weird schedules and sci-fi shifting up the schedule. And um, I know from prior to sci-fi getting it, when it was just somewhere else, uh, there was some slight cast change, but nothing really, you know, to get in a pinch over. It's It was just, I don't know, and I don't know how it could be done because you know we've got you know star trek has been done uh what else what else rogue one you can consider a ragtag crew Fire, you know what uh, I mean? serenity serenity thank you um yeah i didn't go with that one would, would you because <laughs> oh, um, it was made would this be a continuation like serenity was to firefly or? um i think i wouldn't mind seeing it as an actual complete reboot because okay. production wise it was kind of hokey but I bought into it because I was into it itself. Mm-hmm. But just to see what could actually be done with, you know, some sort of budget, or even if it were done low budget, because there are some pretty decent low budget films. Just uh, one, because I don't know that everybody knows this, and two, because just such an it, it had a whole lot as serious as it sounds. It had a whole lot more comedic undertones to it. Not quite the Farscape comedic. But kind of just, especially with the the robotic head, because it was just pining for that love slave, uh, any chance it could get. True. Um, um, I mean that it, it does sound like this one needs a reboot because I don't know that it would have a huge following. I'm sure it has a following, like most of the sci-fi uh, series end up with some kind of following. But um, I think if it went pure reboot, it would open up the doors for a, a larger audience to come in and see it. Mm-hmm. Because to try to cash it. Honestly, people that liked it liked it, but it wasn't huge. It wasn't big enough to last. Well, I mean, five years is a good run. Yeah, it is actually five. Five years is definitely solid, but still, five years on the Sci-Fi Network isn't necessarily um, translating <laughs> to a large audience. Uh, not not to it's... diss Sci-Fi, but they have. Um, and you said this was before they went S Y F Y, right? Like this is. I it... think so. I'm pretty sure. It still had the, li- I think they even had a little planetary kind of logo in the corner, yeah. I thought. Because I feel like that was when they were not as big. Like, now they're pumping out some pretty solid uh, series, from what I understand, but... Yeah, uh, and the, and it wasn't produced by Sci-Fi, the network, but it was uh, procured got it. to put some, you know, something on the network besides, you know... Yeah, the... It was the in its early, it, it was in the infancy of the channel. Got it, yeah. And what uh, what was it called? Lex? Lex, L E double X, and they they made it very. They would. I remember the throwaway, the the promos and TV spot. Lex is. They did this breathy voice, and they made it very sen sensual. Ooh, um, was was Lex the name of the ship, or like the? Yes. Okay. Yes, that was the name of the ship. Okay, interesting. Um, I you know I like sci-fi stuff, so I'd be intrigued to see it. Uh, not necessarily sci-fi the network, but science fiction in general. Um. I would be, uh, you know, compelled if it looked if it looked interesting in the film. Do you think it would go more action, um, like action sci-fi in the film? Or more? I would imagine it would have to. I mean, because I think Star Trek has set that kind of bar yeah. anymore. Uh, I don't know that. Well, you know, I want to say that heady or, or you know more thoughtful sci-fi doesn't do well. But then we have the Arrival, yeah, which is totally not. I mean that's a totally different spectrum than Star Trek Beyond or any of the Star Trek Big reboots. Time. Yeah, I mean that that um, is totally all about the uh, the ideology and the, philo- the philosophy of of the world rather than the action. Oh, There's yeah. minimal action in Arrival, and it's super great and compelling the whole way through. Mm-hmm. Um, so, mm-hmm. 
So, I mean, if if it were someone that could do it that way, I mean, I suppose. But again, like I said, it was it had comedic tones to it, and it uh, it kind of ran the gamut of you know uh, not as much. Well, it did I don't know. Okay. But I would I would figure the reboot would have to be some more action than not. All right, Corey, uh, what is your number five TV show that you think should be adapted for film? Okay, um, this show was originally aired in two thousand and four, I believe, um, and it was canceled after four episodes were aired um, because they changed the time slot and didn't advertise that very well. But it is Wonder Falls. <gasps> Yes. Uh, <laughs> I, uh, Car- Caroline, Caroline Denar. Uh-oh. Yes, as no. Jay. Yes, and I forget who was. I'll let you continue. Yeah. Um. Well, an- another favorite, a favorite of mine, is in the show as her brother, um, Lee Pace. But anyway, um, our main character is Jay, and she is Ivy League educated, but she is eternally unmotivated. So mm-hmm. she works as a cashier in a gift shop in Niagara Falls and all of a sudden they have like one of those quarter machines that you can like like when you go to theme parks and stuff you can make a little figurine or a coin well theirs makes figurines and the figurines start talking to her and she's pretty sure she's going crazy um, because no one else can hear or see them talking to her Um, it ends up that different things other places outside of the gift shop start talking to her like someone has um, those pink lawn flamingos and those (laughs) start talking to her in one episode um they eventually um ended up putting all 13 episodes out i think a couple of different television stations picked them up and aired them and then of course you can buy it on dvd but um it to me it feels like it it, obviously it ends ends really abruptly and Mm -hmm. i want a continuation of the story because i think it's a really interesting story i haven't really seen another type of storyline that goes quite like this um i know and i tried not to and i was like (laughs) (laughs) but um let me see so i think this is the first that I saw of Lee Pace, but this was actually suggested to me when we worked at FYE by our mutual friend who worked at the movie theater. He told me I would probably like it, and I did. So um, if you like quirky television shows or um, storylines, I think this one is a good one. Um, But I would just like to see more of the storyline. Do you know what network it was on when it was on? Um, I don't. It was FX, wasn't it? Mike said Fox. Fox because Fox is notorious for... Well, think about what they did to Firefly. Yep. Um, and they would shift around, and and you, I think you even mentioned the changing of schedules, correct? Yeah. Yep. And so they were notorious for either airing episodes out of order or preempting shows or just not giving them a chance. You're right. And this yep. one, uh, yeah, um, was really quirky. I I really liked. I, they had recurring little animals. The flamingo, I remember. Wasn't there a little plastic lion? Yep, that was the main one. Yeah, um, and they would kind of prompt her and go to her. Like, they knew more. You know, it, it was a time of really quirky. Was Pushing Daisies around that same time? That sounds um, right. I would think Pushing a Daisies. A couple years was, later. Yeah, it was a little later, but. Okay, but the, it, it, I think it was maybe a little ahead of its time. Um, I Yeah, I can totally get behind this because I really enjoyed it. And then it wasn't there. Yeah, it was broadcast on Fox Television Network 2004 and Fox. 
uh, when they do give something a chance, because they did allow the X-Files to run for a long time. Too long. Right? Oh. Yeah. Uh, oh, shots fired. I think 10 seasons? A long while. A yeah. long while. It did. I mean, once once Mulder. the company was gone, then yeah. that really changed things. But in any case, they're not usually that generous with their shows and don't really allow them to find their feet. And uh, I get it. You know, networks are be- up about ratings um, so, but yeah, this would be this would be. Hmm, I miss the show. I wonder why they watch it now. <laughs> I know. I need to re. I want to rewatch it. Well, and I've forgotten what else. I, um, I was looking. The one guy that was a writer, uh, Brian Fuller, mm-hmm. did some Deep Space Nine stuff. But I thought it was it was touted as by the cre- you know by the creators of, and maybe I just was imagining that. But I I really I, I really liked it. All right. I, I've never heard of it, but um, you said there's only four episodes? That were aired originally. Oh, okay. Okay, so how many and are available? 13. Okay, so a full yeah. season basically yeah. came out. Cause I was, yes. I was going to say it's kind of mean for someone to suggest this show to you that only has four episodes. <laughs> like, you I wouldn't buy do this. that. Well, at the time, I think they probably figured it was going to go on, and then it didn't. Oh, no, I mean, because yeah. it was recommended when we were at FYE, which was a few years after that, for me at least, so... If I wasn't there, it, I may not have been there, I guess, when it was recommended, but the way it was worded threw me off. So. Yeah, no, yeah, I can understand. All right, well, my number five is a lot more mainstream, and it definitely had its run. Uh, I think we need a Friends movie. And the way I feel it should happen is w- there's been talk about a reunion special for Friends for a while now. And I'm a big fan of, of Friends, the sitcom. I've watched it way too many times. And I think we need a continuation you know, many years later, what has it got? It's got to be 13 years now or something like that. So maybe we start filming right now. So it's 15 years after the last episode of Friends. Um, the All of them have to come back to New York, probably for like Mr. Geller's funeral. So they come back on sad terms. And, you know, we get to see how, where everyone's happened. And so, uh, in Friends fashion, something will go wrong once they're there. Um, you know, and we'll get a reunion special that we deserve, but on the big screen. So a Friends movie uh, where we get to see everyone back together. We find out what happened with Rachel and Ross after they um, after it ended. How are Monica and Chandler doing? The twins will be going into high school or the yeah, they're twins. Um, and, you know, Joey, Joey had the horrible spinoff that didn't do very well. But so we'll hear you know what happened with him and uh, Phoebe and, and Mike. So Paul Rudd gets to come back like I, I need this, guys. I need a Friends continuation. I'd love to see it on the big screen rather than it just being some, you know, NBC special that they'll, you know, fill with commercials. I want a, you know, one and a half hour uh, movie that lets us see our favorite characters from the sitcom back in action. I feel like there would be a lot of people behind this. Um, I just know I'm wondering what kind of budget <laughs> that movie would require given well, um, all that talk. You know, when they were um, getting their salary. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> well, yeah. And, oh, go ahead. I mean, well, you got to think, like, you know, of the of the cast, your biggest success is Jennifer Aniston. She's done more movies than any of the other ones. Uh, Courtney Cox would probably be a close second. Um, and then it's kind of a toss-up. Like, Matthew Perry's tried several times to have a new sitcom. I have supported most of them. Um, and the last one I remember seeing was... Um, he was a talk radio guy, and his wife had died, and he's in a support group. I enjoyed that show. I found it very entertaining. It did not last long, unfortunately. Um, and he's had, you know, uh, The Whole Nine Yards was, I think, his most successful film. Um, and then... He was in 
most of the other films have kind of not been great. Um, and then uh, Joey, well, I can't think of Joey's Matt LeBlanc. Um, he had a show on HBO or Showtime or something a few years back that I think did pretty well. That was um, he was an actor or something also on that show, but playing himself. I don't think so, but maybe I actually can't. Now I'm wondering if yeah, you might be right. He might have been playing himself, but then. You know, uh, David Schwimmer hasn't done a whole lot. He's the voice of the the giraffe in the um, Madagascar movies, but I don't. Re- he, he was doing some directing, I thought. Yeah, which okay, so he may have gone a different direction, which is why I don't. You know, you don't see him like you see some of the other characters. And um, uh, man, um, Lisa well, Kudrow. His film stuff, Lisa like Kudrow. the Paul Bear, the Paul Bear did not. No, but that's that was still while Friends was on the air, if I'm not mistaken. Um, oh, okay. But Lisa Kudrow's done several TV uh, different shows. She has something on Showtime that started off as a YouTube short where she played like a th- uh, web therapist. I think it was even called Web Web Therapy or something like that. Um, and that got picked up as a as a, a network show on one of those either HBO or Showtime stars. Um, and she had uh, a like a mock reality show on HBO. I cannot think of what it's called right now, but I think they were bringing that back. Um, and she was, I just saw her in Table 19 recently, but, you know, they all, they definitely, uh, would, it would cost a bit to get everybody back together, and the, the rumors that have been is that, um, I think the, because there has been talk about doing a reunion special, because Friends is, you know, one of the most viewed and syndicated TV shows, um, from the 90s, um, but, you know, I'd love to see it, I'd love for it to continue and, and kind of wrap up one, one more time for, for all the fans, um, and maybe give Matthew Perry a, a steady paycheck for once. So, uh, my number five. We got a lot of background noise there, guys. Not sure what's going on. Sorry. It's okay. Um, that's weird. All right. Uh, during its time, I'm very positive that I watched a whole lot of Friends. But I don't know that it's aged well for me. Mm. Um, Henry Rollins, and, and maybe this where this is where uh, maybe I could be okay with it, because I was going to go on the Henry Rollins thing, but I'll mention that in a minute. Maybe if they go the R-rated route, and this ties in with the Henry Rollins comment, uh, because, you know, that seems to be working for certain properties. Yeah. Um, and so, for example, I know the thing that, and you got to understand, if you don't know who Henry Rollins is, this is not a show he is not the demographic. He is not the target audience for this show because he's looking at it and he's like, you know, they don't make shows like your crappy job. He doesn't say crappy, you know, or factory and they, where they show someone, you know, just putting labels on cans. Yeah. Clucking in. Yeah. You know what I mean? That, that's not what is going to be watched. It's not, that's not, not a ratings gold mine. He's like, well, you know what it's like when guys like that, that's those good looking guys and, uh, and and good looking girls and again if it went the hard R rate not hard R but an R rating then that way they can branch out more beyond but they did push some envelope stuff a little bit for network television yeah definitely they, they had a, so he he was very much like that is not how it would be uh, he called it twenty uh twenty somethings nesting is what he called it well keep in mind though it would it would age in the sense that it would be modern like it would be fifteen years later. Everybody's older. What have they been up to? Um, they haven't seen each other. Maybe they lost touch. You know that that kind of you know, like all the other. Yeah, it could, could work. I mean, old sitcoms used to get reunion specials all the time. You had the Brady Bunch reunion special. I think they did the Partridge Family. Um, those that was a regular practice with old sitcoms, but they they don't do that much now. 
but there's been a lot of talk about it with friends, and I've read several articles year after year. It seems like somebody brings it up, and it's usually this person wouldn't do it, or this there was a fallout over this and whatnot. So I'd like to see it happen. I don't want a reboot. I want the original cast or nothing at all. So that's my number five. Uh, Mike, what do you got for number four? All right, so this one's another science fiction property. I actually caught somehow must have been by accident caught a whiff of this because it's a showtime show and i've never had a showtime subscription until very very recently um but it was called odyssey 5 it ran from 2002 to 2003 um the main character was played by peter weller and it's one another canadian sci-fi um property and so basically it's uh, an exploration of what if you could change something what you know what would you change um the um the bit that hollywood babylon has with <laughs> you know how crass they are but the yeah. the um the hitler in in the movies it's very close to that oh because it has to do with a shuttle mission the odyssey 5 and it's the crew the number of crew if i recall correctly they get launched six i'm sorry there's six they get launched and uh, as they're in flight earth just is destroyed in a fiery ball oh man and okay so it is reduced to five because one of the crew is killed and everybody else figure that that's it they, they have nowhere else to, they can't get back home it's gone and what happens is an entity that's called um the seeker has, runs into them and that not only earth has been destroyed that way but a bunch of other planets 50 other planets have been destroyed that same way but he's always gotten there too late to observe it. But this is the first time he has found anybody that survived. So what he does with the seeker, or because it's difficult if it's a he or she, uh, gives them a choice to jump five years back from where they were so that they can prevent what happens. Okay. So what they do is he sends things like X-Men Days of Future Past, where mm -hmm. he sends their consciousness back because it's not their, their, their bodies are physically traveling back there. They know everything. Yeah, that, up to that point, and so it goes from there. Um, yeah, it, it has. Uh, I again, I only had a very minimal exposure to it, and I never got to see the full run. I'd like to see it again. This one would be, a, a, I think, a candidate for reboot. Um, this one could be more heady. I mean, yeah, there's the destruction of the Earth, and that definitely has a Hitchhiker's Guide to the Galaxy feel, or you know, something along those lines. And they could probably even deviate from the original source because it, it seems like it was very. It went all a lot of different places with the villains, and then the involvement of the U.S. government and whatnot. True. Well, that there you go. That's another sci-fi movie that could be adapted. Um, that one sounds like it would lend itself to a more thought-provoking. Um, with some action, mind you, not like action free, mm -hmm. but uh, just the idea of it sounds more thought provoking, um, which is good. Not a bad thing and not a complaint. All right. Uh, I Corey? haven't heard of that one either, Mike. Sorry. Oh, she's no, on a okay. roll. She's got two. Yes, I lose. Oh, no. Okay. Um, My number four can't be done. But oh. um, yeah, because I would only want original cast and since James Gandolfini passed away in 2013 oh. that is no longer possible but um, The Sopranos which aired on HBO is the first show that I remember getting engrossed like I wanted to see every single episode 
and I did watch it when it aired, and then we didn't have satellite anymore because we moved, and it was a sad day. But this is one of the first shows that I remember being really um, invested in the characters and just really wanting to know more and wanting to follow it as it occurred. Now I just want all the episodes at once so I can binge watch. But um, I felt like the show finale was ridiculously underwhelming. I think that that is what most people who watched it felt as well. Um, And Bill tried to tell me that, oh, well, they're just trying to show you that everything's going to be okay. But I guess I want to see what happened to their large mob family afterwards, because them sitting down to dinner doesn't really, you know, oh, go ahead. And it had that ominous because you didn't know what was going to happen to the daughter and she's kind of trying to get parked and they kind of seem to elude at that one person that was sitting in one of the booths and then it immediately goes to black it didn't feel complete at all so exactly it did feel very ominous very foreboding um so i just would want to see more of that but like i said i wouldn't want to see anyone else play tony soprano well but you could do like 20 years into the future and the son's taking over the family and tony's dead um, so that you could have, like, the real cast. I have not watched The Sopranos. Um, in fact, Ooh. the part of the... I actually do know the ending, so you didn't spoil it. I, I, it's hard, you know, when a show that big ends, you hear about the ending. But um, at that time, I was very... I hadn't really seen any mob or mobster mafia-related anything. Um, it had never interested me, and I, I don't remember when I watched Goodfellas for the first time, but it was within the last seven years... I think is where the first time I saw Goodfellas. I didn't see The Godfather one or two until last year. Um, I still haven't watched Scarface. You know, like so that that is a oh, uh, an area I outside. Know you're waiting on me. You're waiting on me. Yeah, uh, yeah. We, we said we would watch it together. So um, it is. It's one of those things that it's it's just not. It doesn't pull me in. Now I've heard great things about The Sopranos, and it's one one day I will sit and watch it. Um, but you know, I definitely could see a lot of people being behind a movie if that was going to be made into a movie continuing the story whether maybe not from tony's perspective but from the 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 realm of the mob family that they built in the in the series i think people would want to see it i didn't even think about that you went the future route i wondered if they would ever entertain a prequel route oh because the rise go ahead yeah because we never really see how because when we first go in he pretty much he's already there you know, mm-hmm. as a mm-hmm. mob boss, and he's like continually like growing, but we don't ever see like where he started. Mm-hmm. So that that's an interest. That's a good you know. There you go. Either way, and I've yeah, it, I've, I've long said that if I ever start going gray, I'm gonna go the Polly Walnuts way and get that skunk stripe on my side. I love Uncle Polly. He's my favorite. <laughs> so, hey, gabagoo. I mean, Mike, you do realize that we just basically told Sopranos to make Godfather 2, where we see either the beginning or the, the son taking over, because it's Michael or it's, it's Vito. Uh, and I hate Godfather 3. I can't. Well, not 3. 2, two is Michael taking know, over. We're, we're, so, yeah. yeah we're, is we're, it? Yeah. yeah. Well, and you see, 2 and you is see Michael's in charge. And you see the rise. Exactly. So if you watch the Godfather, um, what's it called? There, There's uh, one that's the... The, compl- the ultimate... Um... It's the six hour, it's the first yeah. one and then the second one cut around the first one so that you see yeah. Robert De Niro playing young Vito at the beginning, him become the Vito with uh, Marlon Brando, and then Michael at the end of the first one takes over, and then you see Michael's story in the second one. So it's all in, in continuity, the right timeline, um, which is supposed to be a pretty cool way to watch it. But um, So my number four might be one that neither of you have ever seen. Um 
This was a PBS TV show when I was a kid uh, from 1992 to 1995 that I really liked a lot. Um, I was into like mysteries and stuff, and so um, like my favorite book as a kid was Encyclopedia Brown, and um, so the show Ghost Rider came out. Ghost Writer, huh. not writer, writer, um, and uh, it was basically just a ball of glowing light that would float around the room, but it could read, and it was it was still educational because it's PBS. So. My thought of not taking the show that it was, but taking the premise of this ghost that comes and helps these kids solve mysteries, but making it more dramatic, maybe even a little horror. So a person's murdered, and their ghost comes to a journalist and guides them to solve their own murder, like through the ghostwriter style, you know, where like it helps this investigative journalist, this journalist is down on their luck, so this ghost shows up. And low low effects, I still think it's still just a ball of light. We don't go like full person ghost. We go like ball of light. Can't communicate anyway except for with words and you know reading and writing, like the old show, but doing it in a more dramatic and adult type fashion. So it appeals to a larger audience, and it's not going to be as educational as the PBS series, nor will it be as campy as the PBS series, as it was like young kids that were working with the ghostwriter. But I think that would be really cool. It's a show that I, I, I vaguely remember. I know I watched, like, all the time when I was a kid, but, it you know, I was um, 11, I guess, when it was on. Or 10, 10 when it started. And I so, remember it. Yeah, and it's one I've I've talked about before, but every time I say ghost writer, people think I say writer. And I'm like, no, not Flaming Skull Guy. I'm talking about a glowing light um, that helped kids solve mysteries, and I like that element of it. So I could see it being a really cool, like, adult drama uh, adaptation. I'm sure there's movies similar in vain, but... You know, let's let's rebrand Ghost Rider to a more interesting uh, version. And and if that gets a green light, it totally needs Nicolas Cage. No, <laughs> please don't do that. that. Don't, don't do that. Um, <laughs> I never got to catch more than a couple episodes of this, but um, I have. You know, I've thought about this, and I think that well about this show. I always wanted to watch more of it, but I can't remember when it aired. I think it might have been right after I got home from school when I was aware of it and homework time but um even with and i love pbs but anyways um we just had that um goosebumps movie a year or two ago yes and i this film wouldn't be as successful as that one i don't think but i still think it would have quite an audience i think it would have that yeah, nostalgic. I think you know because the the big thing they used the composition book was like its logo. Like I'm looking at an IMDb. Mm-hmm. Um, so I think the reporter would have the composition notebook as like their that was their pad. Like you know have little throwbacks, not be exact uh, from the show. Um, it wouldn't rely on the built-in audience at all. But if you were a fan of the the show and you get the premise, you'll be like, oh man, I can't believe they've made this into like an adult drama. Um, but I think it would work as an adult drama, especially if you if you build a good enough mystery um, and an interesting tale for the reporter, you know, down on their luck. This is their chance. Maybe it's a relative, maybe like a sister, or like a, a sister that maybe they'd lost touch and the ghost comes to the sister journalist for assistance or something. You know what I mean? Like it could be really cool and really interesting. Um, I'm, I'm piecing out the story as we talk, but I think it could be a really cool adaptation of this old show that – you know, some people will remember it's PBS, and you know PBS is going to be gone soon, um, most likely because of budget cuts. So you know, this is a, maybe a last ditch effort for a fundraiser. We can have like nostalgia built in, where there's like a TV show with like a guy asking to send your money if you watch the show. All right. Well, if you're going to do that, then they're going to have to have some sort of crossover with 
the Bloodhound Gang from the Electric Company. Okay. They solved mysteries too. Man, I thought you meant the band Bloodhound Gang because I was a huge fan of the Bloodhound Gang, and I was like, oh, all right. Um, Whatever happened to them? Know, uh, they didn't know where they got their name from. I didn't actually. No, I had no clue. Oh. Um, but I have not assigned strikes for. Oh, that's right. okay, nice. <laughs> a long time. Actually, their, uh, their last album I think is probably about seven years ago. Um, the, the Hefty Fine. Um, if I'm not mistaken, was their last album, and it's it's pretty good. They have a song called Ralph Wiggum, where they uh they actually the lyrics of the song are all quotes from Ralph in on the Simpsons, yeah. um and it's great. Uh, I love that album too, but you know it's hard and to top. You need to dig up the then or the their inspiration for their name. If you like Ghost Rider, then the Bloodhound Gang, the it wasn't a full on show because it was included. It was shoehorned part into. Of. Uh, the electric no 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 was not the electric company my mistake I believe it was three two one contact ah. another PBS show okay I don't think I saw that one so, so interesting you'll have to dig it up the Bloodhound Gang all right well Mike what is your number three uh, TV show adaptation all right well I'm hoping this particular one doesn't get disqualified because it actually was a mini series mm. and this one also was on the Sci Fi Channel this one's from 2006. It starred um, uh, Peter Krause, who I believe was in the... <gasps> Six Feet the, Under. Yes, and wasn't he on um, Parenthood? Parenthood, yes. Yep. And it also starred Juliana Margulies after ER. Um, and it's called The Lost Room. And I was actually introduced to this by my terminal operator at my one school that I worked at. Or basically, she did basically like a registrar and did finance and whatnot. Uh, without going into her full job description because she did all sorts of stuff. But I think her son had caught wind of it and had managed to get a DVD copy of it because I don't think it was out at the time. And it it was my... I binge-watched it. Um, I, the details are really fuzzy because it's been a while now. But it's basically around this lost room and the items that had been in this room, they all can do different things. They all have weird little powers. They're not necessarily very powerful artifacts that for example one has a, is a ticket and if you make contact with that ticket outside of the room it will launch you to like right by the bus station where that ticket originates from some of the artifacts allow you to i think do some time shifting there there were different varying levels of power and that was really and so what happens is the main character peter cross's character joe miller he is in search of these objects because his daughter gets time shifted and lost in the lost room. And so he runs into, yeah, he's got a, and it was who played his daughter. I want to say Ellie Fanning. Oh gosh. Long time ago. Dakota Fanning's sister. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Um, so, and I think I want to say Kevin Pollack. Oh, I like uh, Kevin Pollack. Yeah. Kevin Pollack um, plays a guy who is kind of a collector and I don't think he's a collector. I think they're actually trying to procure all those things so that people aren't using them for, nefarious purposes or i think he may have his own purposes behind it because if you're trying to get these artifacts that do these odd little things uh i don't know if they may not be the most trustworthy person in any case um it's basically you know a little motel room in the 1960s and if something happened they keep they always refer to it as the event that i don't know if something you know metaphysical happened or what it was that infused all these items with the power and it kind of goes from there uh sadly it was only a mini series but i think this could be done again as a reboot because one, not that many people know about it, and you'd have to introduce that mystery and that whole idea. And yeah, it was done as a miniseries, but this could probably be done as a longer run movie. Definitely very serious. It did not have a whole lot of comedy to it. 
sense of urgency because he's trying to rescue find his daughter again who has disappeared because of this room mm. and going from there yeah it sounds interesting I, I i didn't see that show but i mean it sounds the show itself sounded pretty interesting um would it is would you say continuation from the miniseries here or just go no i think people would probably be, could be reintroduced or okay. actually newly introduced to it because hey i'm big I'm, I'm as big a sci-fi fan as you know the next guy or we're pretty big fans of sci-fi but i missed the vote on this one and i think that's what it is is a lot of people missed out on it ah okay yeah that's let's go for it let's make it happen um Corey, uh you're a fan of the actor it sounds like yeah um actually six feet under is probably my very favorite show ever in the history of the world, but they had a great finale and I don't need any more. Um, but his character in that show was my favorite. Um, I tried to watch Parenthood, so um, I would be interested in this, especially since it doesn't take that much commitment, I guess. Mm-hmm. It looks like it's about six hours long. So yeah, I would be definitely interested in it. All right. Um, uh, then I guess we go to your number three, Corey. Okay, so earlier, Mike mentioned this one um i can't remember exactly how i came across the show but i loved it and it only lasted for two seasons um lee pace plays ned a pie maker um with a gift to bring the dead back to life by touching Mm. them the show is pushing daisies sorry Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. um but if he touches the person or the animal a second time they're dead forever um so he brings back to life his childhood love chuck um and they fall in love and they have a relationship but he can't touch her because he'll kill her um and when we were talking about Coraline and the two sisters Uh that are the actresses there are two sisters in the show that i instantly thought of while watching that film um and I love their characters. I love all the characters in this show. I think they're kind of big. Um, and I think that it has a fun storyline. Like Ned helps a um, an investigator by bringing the people that are murdered back to life so that they can solve the crimes and collect money for um, solving, you know, the crimes. Um, again, I felt like it was a super, um, super fast uh, finale. And I would like to see what happened to them afterwards. Um, and given the, and I mean, the show is kind of quick paced anyways, so I don't feel like that's necessarily detrimental to the, you know, last episode of the show, but I just loved it so much. I would want to see more. Okay. Um, I, that's a show that I've heard so many things that make me want to watch it and I've not seen it. Um, (laughs) but Pushing Daisies is a show that seems to be very regarded within the, uh, the film community that I'm a fan of, like the different podcasts I listen to. Um, that's a show I, I missed completely when it came out, and I would like to revisit. Um, do you know how many seasons that was before it got canceled? Two. So one of those. Yeah, see. It seems so beloved. the second season. Um, that's definitely one that I could see. Uh, I assume this would be a continuation? Yes, definitely. Um, yeah, I think a lot of people would love to see that. Um, although, the ones that have happened, uh, I can't think <laughs> of too many examples, but Dead Like Me, um, I love that show. And Same. the movie does not live up to the show Uh-oh. i can't even watch it because i've heard so many bad things yeah it, it really sucks compared to the show it's tough to co- recapture what they had on the show and then mandy patinkin didn't come back did he no he didn't they i, I don't uh, even remember how they explained that but it's it's not well explained it's just like oh we couldn't get him so yeah um i wouldn't mind seeing pushing daisies it's one of those that we happen to catch and i don't know we i don't even remember the second season so it's one that's i guess people missed uh 
but the ones that really loved it, there's definitely a fan base for it. Mm -hmm. And I feel like also with, uh, because so many things in the show at the time seemed really great as far as like, um, it's not, I am really bad with technical terms, but um, like some of the places they, they go to, the buildings aren't real buildings. So I feel like now, given that we have better um, media, better programs, better um, graphic designers, even that I feel like that would definitely be a boost to it as well. Because some of those things, watching them now, so many years later, they look a little sh- shoddy. They look a little, yeah, yeah very dated. They don't hold up. Yeah. Was John Landis involved with that one? Ew, I don't know. I can't remember. Hmm. Um, no, all I'm seeing is Brian Fuller. Huh. All right. Well, Pushing Daisies. Let's, uh, if you're a fan of that one, make sure you you support Corey's idea here. You have a chance to see it in, on the big screen. Um, my number three feels like super appropriate given the, uh, the harsh political climate that we're currently in the middle of. Um, and this would be a continuation. So I think this is, um, the second continuation of a sitcom that I'm offering. Um, and that's Parks and Recreation, colon, The Campaign. <laughs> Um, I want to see Leslie Nope running for the presidency, and I want a movie. That's the, that's the campaign we see here. Not the crappy movie, the campaign, uh, mediocre movie, the campaign with Will Ferrell and Zach Galifianakis. No, no, I'm saying Parks and Recreation, the campaign. We get everybody back, and we see them on the road. Now, if you saw the finale, they flash forward. So that's it's hard to say I want a continuation when they flash forward. But okay. it's ambiguous as to what happens with her office. Like, how far does she move up the political ladder? We know she's moved up some, but we don't know exactly how far. And I think anyone who's a fan of Leslie Nope, we need a, we need to see, one, her running for president. Two, even if it's only for the two hours that the film would be, the hope that it could be true, that Amy Poehler was actually going to be our president. Uh, we get to see Adam Scott back as Ben. We get Chris Pratt back as Andy Dwyer. We get... Um, Aubrey Plaza back as um, April. We have Tom, and we have uh, you know every everything that we love about the show. Ron Swanson back and helping Leslie run for the presidency, um, and it would just be a fun time at the movies. You know, it would be a comedy, but there would be that that edge, and um, you know, I mean, I would even venture to guess that she could be running against Trump. Like I, I feel like he would do it. I feel like he would be in the movie, even though he's currently running the country. I feel like he would be willing to take some time off to film a few scenes where he's the opponent, maybe a debate mm. sequence or two. And he's, Play it, some golf. It'll be huge. It, it, it's going to be huge. You know, it's going to be a really awesome movie. So, Parks and Recreation: colon, The Campaign, a continuation of the the, uh, the show as we watch Leslie Nope run for the presidency of the United States of America. Nobody knows TV like the Trump does. Okay. <laughs> yeah. Exactly. Like I love the parks. The parks are great. And the recreation, I'm the best at recreation. I can do anything. Um, yeah, it, it could be, it'd be great. Even if it's not Trump, just in general, I think it would be great um, to see her getting to run for the for office. Um, and, you know, you have some of the same, you you pull in some of the jokes that we're used to from the show, add some drama and, and make it just awesome. You know, Corey, you're silent. Do you, uh, do you disagree with my idea? Sorry, um, I would be 1000% behind this. Um, I would vote. For, I almost did write Leslie Nope in last year. Oh, <laughs> secrets revealed. I'm not kidding. I had a very hard time going to vote. Um, so I was going to write in Leslie Nope. I would, um, I would and vote for Ron, what? I, I would vote for her as well. So. Yeah, right. It gave me. It did. It, made, it gave me a little bit of hope. Um, 
But I love Ron Swanson, and I'm pretty sure that he's my soulmate. Don't tell my husband. But um, I... <laughs> it's, it's been recorded. It'll cost you. <laughs> oh, no. Um, treat yourself. Um, I yes. love so many things about this show. And um, I got to, a little late, got to it a little late, and that's fine because I binge-watched the mess out of it. And I loved... Because this one was like two or three episodes kind of um, wrapping up, too. Mm-hmm. And I loved... I think it was the second to last episode is the one that killed me um, when she's supposed to meet Ron. And Ron's feelings are hurt. I think they're going to breakfast or lunch or something, and she doesn't make it. And I don't know. It pulled up my heartstrings. But um, I would be one million percent behind this. I, I argue that the Parks and Rec finale is one of the best finales on television. Um, they they gave the audience what they wanted. Um, there was no nonsense. It wasn't like The Sopranos was controversial. Jerry Seinfeld or Seinfeld was one of the worst uh, finale episodes Ugh. ever in sitcom history. And then you have Parks and Rec, and it's just so great because um, they did what a lot of sitcoms don't do. Like the Office uh, ending is good, but like Parks and Rec, they try to give you so much closure. That it's a little greedy asking for a movie, but I think it's there, and I think there's an audience for it, especially given our kind of negative outlook on the poli- the political world right now. It'd be nice to have like hope that we could have this really optimistic, hopeful, loving of the of government, loving of of the people type president, and it would be fun to watch because I love her on screen as Leslie Nope. Um, I love Andy Dwyer. Like, there's every character on that show is amazing. Um, even the the sub characters like there's the guy that keeps hiring Adam Scott's Ben like uh, at the different accounting firms and he's always so excited <laughs> and then he, he has to quit and he's always so heartbroken like that guy I don't know his but name he keeps hiring him but yeah <laughs> but because he wants him so bad and it, he looks up to him so much and he's such a great character and he's so small and insignificant to the story but he's amazing could you imagine him on the show like maybe right before she starts running. Um, he's like, you know what? I'm finally ready to settle down in this accounting job. You know, you have that joke come back. Like, it could be, and then she's like, you know, I need you to do my campaign. He's like, uh, I gotta let you know. Oh, you know, that same, <laughs> I, it, could, it, it would work still. That's the thing. As great as that show was, and it ended probably at the right time, it could keep going. It, and this would be a great way to do it. Just give us that one more great writing, great storytelling. Even bring Paul Rudd back as his uh, dopey character. Like, there's so many things that could happen. I would love to see this movie. So let's make it happen, people. Parks and Rec, Please. the campaign. I'm blanking out on her character, but Rashida uh, Jones uh, needs to come back too. Yes, and and Rob Lowe, because if I'm not mistaken, yes. they were married in the finale. So um, I haven't watched all of it yet. I binge-watched what I could oh, to no. a certain season, I forget. Like like one or two seasons after Rob Lowe was introduced. Mm-hmm. And Adam Scott, yeah. who's awesome. They come, so. to, they come together. Um yeah, man. Um, you should definitely finish that up. Um, yep. But all right, then, Mike, it is your turn. Um, uh, what is your number two? All right. Well, my number two pick ran from '95 to 2000 and started on Fox originally, and it lasted three seasons, and then it jumped over to our old friend, the Sci-Fi Channel. Um, it starred Jerry O'Connell, and I'll be honest, my favorite, although um, John Rice Davies was in it as well. He was awesome. But Sabrina Lloyd, who has a Peter Krause connection, there's a little connect because they were both together on Sports Night, which was an amazing show if you didn't watch that. Um, Sliders ah. is my pick Ooh. that I feel um, because they totally 
basically pulled the rug out from under them. If you don't know the idea of sliders, um, um, Jerry O'Connell plays a genius wonderkind, basically, that uh, discovers a way to slide. So think of Marvel Comics where they have Earth 616 or in sliders, it would be Earth Prime, which would be, let's say, the Earth we are used to. And sliding allows you to jump into the other dimensions of the other Earths. Uh, which all have their own quirks and whatnot. Um, They have a timer that they have to keep an eye on. And if they do not reopen the portal um, that gets them to that particular earth um, within a, you know, with at the time the timer runs out, then they will be stuck there for 30 years. So what happens, basically the whole thing is he gets this kind of crew, one of them accidentally and totally unwilling um, and they jump, and the sliding device breaks, and they slowly kind of realize the Earth they're on is not the right one, whether it's an Earth that's been hit by another Ice Age, or an Earth where, kind of think the man in the high castle, where uh, Russia wins the Cold War instead of, you know, Nazi Germany taking us over. Um, all these, uh, an Earth that's a utopia, uh, or an Earth that's kind of plagued by. Oh. It, it, it really depends on episode. And oh. there were, I think it was like 88 different episodes. But like I said, they got the rug pulled out from under them and there were just questions left unanswered. So, again, one of these, uh, either it could work as a continuation, although I don't know if they could get, because I know even Jerry O'Connell left before the um, his brother kind of slid in, <laughs> oh. so to speak. Okay. Um, and took over, uh, but Jerry O'Connell had left. Sabrina Lloyd had left. They killed off um, John Rice Davies' uh, character, which is horrible. I remember that. Um, and 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 Sabrina Lloyd's character, they they turned her into a weird. They even they I don't know that they even actually had her. They reused kind of recording like footage that they had had, if I recall correctly. Um, so. For those of us that really loved it, like me, that loved it, it could work as a continuation. But if you're not familiar with it, which, again, some people may not be, then it could be, hey, start to try to, you know, make a franchise because they're like an infinite number of Earths that they could jump to. Yeah, it sounds like it would be a pretty solid film. Um, Make it, I think you do it John Wick style, too, where you make it, um, you don't, they're already sliding. It's not an origin story. You know, this is something that just is. This is part of the universe. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And um, you, you, so you're not, you're not bogged down with backstory. You're just, you come in, you get us the backstory by maybe, um, in fact, mine's going to be similar. I'm going to have the same kind of argument. You don't do so much of the backstory as we come into this world. This guy is a slider and this is what he's going through. Um, and it could be really interesting. I've never seen sliders, but I remember it looks like it would really appeal to me. Um, I just, when it came out, I didn't know about it. I remember I eyed the box sets dozens of times when I was working at FYE. It was like, man, this looks like I would like this. Um, I'm very interested in like parallel dimensions and stuff like that. So one, I, and, oh, yeah. oh, sorry, go ahead. oh no, I, I also never watched Stargate though. Like, and that's in a, not exactly the same, but in the same type of you know traveling the world type of thing. Mm-hmm. So, uh, I never got into the Stargate TV series. I I really enjoyed the film and thought it was amazing. And so I thought, ooh, how can they? But that show lasted forever. Stargate was a long time. It ran. Um, yeah, it did. But Sliders, it I will say, has an element of the cheesy. And there were some funny moments, sometimes serious. It really depended on the Earth 
and situations, you know, they were slid into. Yeah. I haven't seen this either, but I also remember seeing um, the box sets and hearing about it too. And it kind of makes me think of Quantum Leap. And I'm yeah, a huge yeah. fan of Quantum Leap. Yeah. Love it so much since I was a kid. And it aired when it was airing on sci-fi. Um, so I would be interested in maybe checking this one out too. Well, Corey, Quantum Leap was fantastic. Ah, Corey, what's your number two? Okay, um, my number two is another show that only had two seasons, guys. Um, it originally aired in 2007 and 2008. I think this was on FX. I could be wrong. But it's The Riches. Oh, that's it, the um, uh, Ricky... No, um... Eddie Izzard. Eddie, Eddie Izzard. Izzard. Yeah. And Mini Driver. Um, they play... Kind, they're like Irish travelers. They're kind of like gypsies. Um, they're con artists. They... Um, Minnie Driver is her character is just getting out of prison and they've decided to leave their family of travelers and get away and they get into a car accident with this very wealthy successful couple and they end up taking over their lives and living in their house pretending that they are them which becomes kind of crazy because um, sorry Wayne ends up pretending that he is a lawyer and he obviously has no education or experience in that. Um, but I love this show a lot. Um, da, 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 da. And th- when the first season came out, I watched it and bought it on DVD. And then there wasn't anything. I didn't hear anything about the second season for a long time. And then a friend actually just found it at Target and picked it up for me. And it ended up only being seven episodes to the second season and another one it just like abruptly ends um we don't really find out what's happening to this family and it was a lot of buzz that um the writer strikes that were happening at that time were kind of the reason why this show ended up the way it did Ah. just stopping so um in the first season had the typical 12 i'm trying to think um what else I think I think it's kind of interesting because your list, Corey, is like you went um, TV show vigilante, where you want to write all the wrongs, um, all these shows that got short lives. You're like, no, we're gonna fix it in film, and I like that. I like that approach. I couldn't think of uh, shows like I looked up some, like I was trying to pick shows that I've actually watched for one, and then um, when I, like when I looked at the shows that I really liked and I could see becoming a film. Um, most of mine had endings. You know, Parks and Rec had an ending. Friends had an ending. I don't think Ghost Rider did, but um, even if it didn't, you know, it, I don't remember it being that needing, you know, of a of an ending. But these shows, a lot of these I've heard of, and yeah, I definitely think um, it. The fans of those series would love to have some closure. And there's tons. I mean, you can look online. There's tons of lists of like 50 shows that were canceled too early and stuff. It's just mm-hmm. I've missed a lot. I w- I think the Constantine TV series from NBC. Uh, is yeah. one that I feel it needs to be continued, and I think they're doing an animated version of it on CW, which is like I don't want that. I want I want it to be a, like turn it into a good Hellblazer movie. Not not to mm-hmm. say that Keanu Reeves Constantine was bad, but it wasn't the book, and yeah, um, it wasn't Constantine. Yeah, so I'd love to see the show felt like the book, and I'd love to see that. And the actor whose name I do not remember, he was great. So. I think your approach to your list is pretty awesome because, um, again, most of mine, I think, had closure. These are just things I think would be fun. Um, so Thanks. On that oh, note, and something else oh. that I wanted to say actually about this show is their youngest son, Sam, is a, obviously he's a boy, but 
um, he is transgender, so oh. he dresses like a girl. I am pretty sure he wears makeup. He's kind of young. I think he's like eight or ten. And I didn't know because um, Eddie Ozard was kind of involved very obviously very early on. But this character was written before oh. um, he came to you know be a part of the show, which I thought was kind of cool. Yeah, it might be what sold him on doing the show. Um, oh, word. Possibly. I mean, not that he's transgender; he's a transvestite. But still, um, you know, it, it, he's definitely a forward-thinking person. So, um, mm. could be could be part of the motivation why he liked the premise and everything. Um, my number two, you guys just mentioned, is Quantum Leap uh, from nineteen. 19- yes! 89 to 1993. Um, I used to watch the show with my Aunt Karen um, all the time. It starred Scott Bakula and Dean Stockwell. Um, and I'm just going to read the IMDb description. So scientist Sam Beckett finds himself trapped in time, leaping into the body of different person in a different time period each week, which is for the serial premise. I think for the film, it's not a continuation. Um, but like I said, John Wick style, he's already in someone's body. I think the opening scene is the ending of like what would have been an episode. You know, he's already in somebody else's body. We see him finish. We get Al and, you know, he's now, all right, well, where am I going next? And it's like, all right, let's find out. And then we get into the what will be the film, you know, and it'd be something big, something crazy where he's going to impact time because that's always the premise a lot of this show is much more like smaller you know um personal things he's going to fix this guy's life um by doing this thing for them and the show has had some really great episodes you know um you you would often see scott bacula then he would look in the mirror and you'd see who he was for the first time and sometimes he was a black guy or he was a mentally handicapped person you know there's there's i think they covered almost everything throughout the series but I don't remember them doing anything really massive, like where he jumps in the body of like something that's going to have huge ramifications. And that could be interesting if if that happened. Maybe it's not supposed to. Maybe that's a rule that the Leapers aren't supposed to alter history too much. They're only supposed to do these little pockets of um, history, these little small things that aren't going to have too much of a, a ripple effect. Well, maybe he gets in the body of somebody that's going to have major ripples and how it could affect the world that, that he's his body is in because it's more his mind is leaping into these other people's bodies so i think it's it's got you know the it's one the effects and how you do it now um the idea of al is really interesting always as like his computer personified um character and i don't know i love the show as a kid it's been a long time since i've seen it so i'm i'm definitely scraping the memory banks here trying to make sure i'm not going off book of what the story is but i i think it would be a great film um, and again, you don't you don't start it as an origin story. You start where it's already he's already been doing this for a while, um, and he's learned a lot. And you continue from there. I just stated this, but I love this show. And I was rewatching it a couple years ago. They had some of the seasons on Netflix, but there were episodes missing, which I thought was very odd. That is very odd. Um, yeah, it would be like episode five and episode eight. It was just like a few, so I don't really understand why, but um, I would I want I would rewatch this again. But um, I loved Owl so much, yep. and I loved that they were small stories. Mm. Um, and I really liked the episode where he remembers who he is and that he has a wife and why didn't his wife keep him from like doing these things like kissing these other women or you know being very personal with them and she didn't want to affect what he was trying to do mm-hmm. well don't don't, so, don't confuse my I, the show i think needed the small stories but i'm saying yeah we're gonna go big screen we're gonna go two hours long we needed to have maybe a little more weight um 
or the stakes need to be raised just a little bit. It doesn't have to be super big, but it could. I mean, you could he could leap into like you know um, somebody who's going to affect the, an outcome of one of the wars or something like that. Or you know, I'm trying not to say anything that would make anybody upset, but there's tons of events that have happened in our lifetime that he could leap into and alter. Um, and I think that like for the film, I think the uh, bigger stakes would be necessary. Um, but then again, maybe not. Maybe it's the smaller stakes work. Um, it's more of, you know, like think of the the story about from Loving. You know, Jeff Nich- Jeff Nichols did Loving last year. What if I what been if able to see it yet? Well, what if he leaps into one of the, one of those characters, and so he's the reason the change happens. You know, that could be interesting. A different way of telling this historical story, um, in a you know sci-fi a science fiction type way. So. It was such an innovative show. I, I think it could be really uh, great to bring it back as a film and potentially a f- series of films, not necessarily just one. I don't could... know if I would want anybody else to play those characters. <laughs> I, I think they might be too old now. <laughs> I, know. I know. Scott Bakula is still on TV. Neither of you mentioned my favorite episode. Which is what? The, I think it was a Halloween one. What? And it ended up, I think so. And weird little things keep happening. And then you see a red car and a St. Bernard. They reference all the Stephen King stuff, right? Yep. And it turns out the one guy is Stephen. He's like, Stephen? Yeah, Stephen King. Yeah, I, I remember that. I do remember that. That that see, It was my favorite. That's cool. That's, I need to read. But there's Actually, so many to pick from. There are. So many to pick from. It was on for, what, six years? Um, so A long time. Yep, uh, I think that would be really cool. I was excited when you guys both were like, oh, Quantum Leap. I'm like, ah, that's my next, that's on my list. <laughs> I just love it so much. Yeah, it <laughs> I'm so good. glad you guys do too. Yeah, I think um, it, it was so great. It was a show that I vividly remember watching all the time as a, as a child. And so, although because I mentioned my Aunt Karen, I just remembered that Dukes of Hazzard is another show that was turned into a movie, although not a good one. Mm. Um, it really wasn't a good show either i guess like i i watched it with my aunt i don't remember much about it other than you know the the what everybody remembers about dukes of hazard so all right we're on to our number ones guys mike what is your number one tv adaptation you think they should do i'm going to start with the narration and i'm going to drop oh. off some of the stuff from it and see if you recognize it it has it's a, a shadowy flight into the dangerous world of a man who does not exist a young loner on a crusade to champion the cause of the innocent, the helpless, the powerless, in a world of criminals who operate above the law. Does that ring a bell? I, it does. It ran from 82 to 86 with the Hoff. It's Knight Rider. Yeah, okay. That's what I thought it yes. was. Yes. I've always wanted this as a film and I actually did a last minute change because I didn't know that my number one original number one pick. I think this one. If you did it as a gritty, and you mentioned that John Wick treatment, I, I'm not going into a whole lot of the description. And see, I don't know, though, anymore. A talking car seems really hokey. So I, I, it may not be, and this may be why they don't address it. Although, if they set it and do it like a retro kind of feeling film. Make it more com- it's, comedic, even? What's that? They could go more comedic if they go period piece. With oh, it. yeah. Really yeah, they could. Camp they, it I mean, up. They took, they did, it worked well for 21 Jump Street. Mm-hmm. So, you know, um, uh, you know, you could still have a reference to Hasselhoff um, and change that around and definitely have some nods to the original, but just kind of, in a sense, up to, I don't know how you would do it. Well, I have, I have uh, an I idea, actually, if you don't mind. Um, I have this on my honorable mentions. 
Um, one, I this the Knight Rider theme song was sampled by several rappers in the nineties. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. and I was oh. a fan of all of them. But uh, I loved this show as a kid. I used to also watch this with my aunt. Um, and I think you don't just you do a movie, uh, but I think you merge it with an existing franchise. I think Knight Rider, Fast and Furious, is what we do. <laughs> Dom has a talking car. I mean, they've already gone ridiculous with it. Why not just add the Knight Rider car into it? You know, up the game a little bit. They're getting more and more stuff. So they get a car with, like, Siri Plus, where it actually is, like, a true AI. Um, and it's part of the family. And it, it would just work. And The Rock's already doing Baywatch. So he's used to taking on the role of, of Hoff anyways. So, you know. Oh, gosh. Knight Rider, Fast and Furious. Um, or the Fast and the Knight Riders. You make it, that's what they become. Um, I think it could work uh, for sure. Of course, I would take the old school s- system as well. But really, if you think about it, Fast and Furious, especially from five on, or maybe six on when they join like the organization that's like fighting uh, for good now, I guess, is what I, from what I understand, they're like working for the military or something. It kind of fits into the Knight Rider premise even. What if the Fast and the Furious franchise was all in Kit's consciousness? Oh man, it's like his dream. <laughs> he stresses out, so that's how he kicks out. He's like, ah. Well, you know, it, I definitely think of old TV shows that people would love to see remade. Um, Knight Rider could work, uh, although we're not as far away from the AI car as we, we were in the 1980s, uh, for sure. Um, with Siri being, well, not true AI, she is interactive, so having a car talking back to you isn't as um, alien of an idea. Um, so I think you could play it um, straight or go comedic with it, and it would work either way. Um, I think comedic would would be on the verge of maybe going too campy and it being like ridiculous. Um, like the Three Stooges adaptation, there's another one where it was a TV series that Ooh. they did the really awful, over-the-top camp movie that is like, man, this, how, how can you turn a comedy genius like the Three Stooges into comedy garbage? Like, it's pretty sad, but... Um, I think it's a cool number one. And again, it was on my honorable mention, so good good call on that. Thank you. Corey, what do you got for your number one? All right. I'm just here to ruffle some feathers. Um, mine is an HBO series that ran from 2006 to 2011. Uh-oh. Big Love. Mm. I oh. love Bill Paxton. Okay. Um, mm. Chloe Seven- Seveny. Seveny, yeah. Um, Jennifer Goodwin, Jean Triplehorn, mm-hmm. has Grace Zabrinsky. Henry Dean Stanton, Aaron Paul, Bruce Stern, Mary Kay Place, and it follows the Hendrickson family, um, and Bill Paxton plays Bill Hendrickson. Um, He was excommunicated from the, it isn't the Mormon church, it's kind of like... um, It is like an analog for them. Yes, they like lived on a compound and he gets... um, excommunicated because he's young and handsome and the older men don't want the young handsome men there to take their young beautiful women um so he strikes out on his own and he becomes quite successful um he doesn't live the polygamous life to begin with um but then his wife can't have any more children so then he takes on two more wives and i just loved seeing all the family dynamics because they were all so different <laughs> um, Chloe, um, Chloe, uh, seven, seveny, seveny, I always say it incorrectly. Um, she came from that compound too. So she's very, 
um, very about being a polygamist Mormon and, you know, that's kind of her, I don't want to say this, but her duty. And then um, Jennifer Goodwin plays like his third wife and she actually was their babysitter. Um, So I don't want to ruin it if anybody hasn't seen it and wants to see it. But at the end of the show, Bill is murdered. Oh, wow. And Yeah. yeah, they... I can't see the I can't see the series ending any other way because of everything that was happening. He was um, he might have lost his businesses and all the stuff because he ran for government or something. And he came out as a polygamist and all this time he had been keeping that hidden. Um, and now he's in the spotlight and that's very much frowned upon. But he's murdered and I can't see it ending any other way. But I want to see what happens more of what happens to his wives and his children because I was very invested in them Got and it. I loved them. So you want a continuation? Yeah. Interesting. Um, yeah, I for their stories, because um, we already know who ma- murdered him and all that stuff, and I felt like it was kind of rushed, too. I would have liked to see it have a multi-episode um, so we could kind of see it fleshed out. It's just very straight and to the point. Oh, this wife is going on a mission, and now um, his first wife... I can't remember her name. Barb. She's able to. Um, she's able to start doing some of the um, prayers and stuff that women aren't usually supposed to do because mm-hmm. they are not the head of the family. And this show did ruffle a lot of feathers within the Mormon Church. Um, apparently, they did some of the. Um, oh gosh, some of the things that they do that are not public knowledge, prayers and different um, types of events that they have, and they put this on HBO and upset some people so well i i I actually um i only vaguely remember hearing about that show before i've I've heard about it a lot now because of bill paxton's passing um Mm -hmm. it's been brought up quite a bit um and it was i was intrigued i i don't know um i remember when i i only heard about the name of the show like i didn't know anything about it and so i was like man that seems like it would have really been interesting i think it's probably on hbo demand um mm-hmm. i uh, think it is i've been considering uh going back my we're, we're currently watching shameless um which would be i think another one that would be a good film um to because seven seasons which is where my, my wife has basically binge watched seven seasons of shameless in the last week and a half and yeah um when she when she gets into a show uh she gets into the show and I've only caught a, an episode here and there um, with her. You know, I've probably watched a third of what she's watched, and I, I think that show's really uh, it kind of weighs on you because it's got a very cynical look at humanity. And um, I could I would prefer that one as a movie. So Big Love as a continuation though seems like it would uh, it would work. Um, people want to know what happens next. Um, all right, Mike, did you watch Big Love? My wife, oh, I did with my wife, and I really did. It's one of those where you really do get into the characters besides you know what they're in the middle of and, and i'm thinking trying to think back to wasn't it one of the neighbors that yeah that murdered him yeah because and they had kind of gotten close and then once that all came out and they i mean they passed judgment and they just you know and now that bill paxton's no longer you know that's that's the tough part because i don't know it's that was such a really good show. it was very affecting and that ending was just, you know, he'd been in the whole run, and then for that to happen. But again, like you said, all it was all coming to a head, and what else could have possibly happened? Yeah. So, yeah, really, really, whew, yeah. All right. Well, we're going to end Too on soon. A, a lighter note, I think. Um, okay. Uh, <laughs> Sorry, guys, just, no, you know. It's my third sitcom on the list. Um, 
And this one I have a little bit more of an idea of like where I want it to go. But um, I want them to reboot the Golden Girls. Yes! <laughs> I think you put uh, Paul Feig as the director, as he's known for doing uh-huh. the female comedies. Um, I think right now, before it's too late, we cast Betty White as Sophia. Um, bring her back in. <laughs> let her be the mom. I think then we go for like the big name, older female actresses. Meryl Streep has to be in this. I think she would be great as Dorothy. Um, I think you bring Susan Sarandon in as uh, Blanche. And then I'm having a hard time figuring out who to cast as Rose. Um, so if you guys have any suggestions, I am up for it. But I would love to have Gina Davis in this list, but I don't know that she would work as Rose. Um, and I think Mm-mm. Susan Sarandon needs to be Blanche. Uh, she could be a really good Rose. Well, see, if so, then I think you get Meryl Streep, Gina Davis, Susan Sarandon, and then Betty White. Um, and you know they're already living together and maybe something maybe they go on a trip or something maybe you know we do some dynamic like that or maybe it's just like a, an extended version of the sitcom or something i don't know maybe someone's getting married um but i think it would be awesome uh with you know paul feig br- bringing it to life um and and just you know letting it happen maybe and even maybe reference like the empty nest because there was the spinoff show the empty nest mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. maybe even have like a reference to those characters like somebody pops over or whatever um, but it's set in modern and set now, uh, and maybe still in Miami. Still or maybe in Miami. Um, you know, it, it would it could be really really entertaining, and uh, you know, it would be a cool send off for Betty White to to be back on the Golden Girls and um, playing Sophia, which so she wouldn't she wouldn't necessarily and she get to make fun of Rose. Like, how funny would it be to hear Betty White making <laughs> fun of Rose? Yes, it would be amazing. And it, this is a show that I have rewatched. I don't know how many times because. I am a sitcom junkie. I like to have sitcoms in the background when I'm doing stuff because I can just look up at them for a second and then go back to my work. And Golden Girls is one they play at night now on a Hallmark channel, or I think it's or Lifetime, one of those. They do like from 11 to 2 in the morning, and then they do it again in the morning from like 7 to 9 or something like that. And I don't watch all of that, but it's something that my wife and I, a few years ago when they started doing that, we rewatched a lot of them. And I've, we've probably rewatched the episode several times. And it's just a show that it still works. Like all these years later... I liked it when I was a kid. I used to watch it with my grandma, and I like it now. Um, so I'd love to see this movie with, you know, paying, not trying to replace the characters. Like, I don't want that to, I'm not in any way, you know, but we've lost all of the other women except for Betty White. So it'd be a really cool version of, you know, bringing, you know, paying homage to the old ones, um, getting these great actresses to pay respects to the characters, and then having Paul Feig, who was really good at comedy, especially female-led comedy. I'm behind this kind of surprised me with this pick but okay, yeah. i could see it yeah it's the one that um i think it was the first one i wrote down honestly and i, I just had immediately like oh then paul feig could direct it and then these people could be in it and it would be amazing and um i'm not a like a huge paul feig fan i want to point that out like I, i'm not a big supporter of the ghostbuster movie from last year but bridesmaids is excellent and if if you know building the the chemistry between the female characters and bridesmaids was so well done that I think he could really do a good job with this mo- with this with this idea. So if you do this, Paul Feig, I want at least somewhere in it the ladies are listening to the top five movies on the in the movie. That's all I'm saying. It was my idea. I don't need to be in the credits. I just want top five movies podcast referenced in the film, and we'll, we'll, ca- we'll call it even. So Paul Feig, uh, Golden Girls reboot. Let's make it happen, everybody. Uh, 2019 um and betty white will be sophia which will be amazing so i just really want that to happen now but go ahead right like see that's great um so i was about to start singing thank you for being a friend to you guys 
Let's do it. That's how we'll end the episode. Everybody, one. Uh-huh. <laughs> it's gonna be so bad. No, let's not. Let's not. We don't want to kill our listeners. Um, but that's that's our list. Do you guys have any honorable mentions? Any shows that you want to yes. throw out there, Mike? What you got? I have Airwolf because that kind of fits in line. I didn't want to have two because that was around the same time as Knight Rider, but mm-hmm. Airwolf. Um, my original number one was the late 70s, early 80s Battlestar Galactica. Oh, okay. But the TV redo was so well done that I don't know. Okay. I don't know how you could do that. I've actually heard that on someone else's podcast mention that, too. I can't remember who it was, but they said, I'd love to see Battlestar Galactica, but the TV reboot they just did was really great. So, Oh, that's so weird. Yeah. Great minds. Uh, (laughs) Buck Rogers in the 25th century. Um, My wife and I, my whole family and I, were lucky enough to meet Gil, Gil Gerard. At one of the Megacons. Oh, okay. What a nice, just, and he wasn't even at one of the science, he was, he was, he had his own property. He was kind of like a self-published, just a super nice guy and just took a time. He did not have to, we weren't even shopping and now I feel badly. I didn't buy any of his stuff, but just a nice guy. Just amazing. Um, Red Dwarf um, from BBC. Yeah. Um, and my last one. I kind of really liked uh, Ricky Gervais in Extras. Okay. And I thought that could be a nice, you know, comedy film to see where they're at or where they're going or something like that. All right. Uh, Corey, what do you got? Um, All that I have are, um, are you afraid of the dark? Oh, Ooh. I consider that too. Um, like an anthology type where. It, yes. Yeah. You know, I love it. I love those. And then um, maybe Freaks and Geeks. I thought you might but... do that one. Ooh. That one, obviously, you'd have to do a reboot um, because, <laughs> but that that should have got a movie early on, and unfortunately, it didn't because it, it would have been nice. I really need Martin Starr to come back and play Bill. <laughs> that's that's my one. It's <laughs> my requirement. But that is, um, I hated the way that Mad Men ended. Um, so I guess those are my only. Ones I actually had a hard time with this list because so many of them have had closure, you know, and good closure. Mm-hmm. Well, but... and but again, you could have gone the reboot route, which I guess you're you're more of a purist. You don't want your stuff to be altered or redone. But you were you're on board with the Golden Girls, so who knows? I am. Um. Okay, I have a few. Um. One that is still in talks about being a movie is Community. I am a huge fan of the Dan Harmon TV series Community. Um. Joel McHale, Donald Glover, uh, Allison Brie. Jillian Jacobs, um, even Chevy Chase, and um, Yvette Nicole Brown, I believe is her name, um, Shirley, and then Danny uh, Danny Pudi. I, I love Community. I actually just rewatched most of season one uh, today. Actually, I had it on while I was grading papers. Um, and I, that show is so brilliant. It's so funny. And if you're a movie lover, and if you're listening to this podcast, I assume you are, uh, if you skip Community, you must go watch it. Dan- uh, Danny Pudi's, Pudi's character... Abed is a movie fanatic and there's so many movie themes throughout the episodes. There's a Pulp Fiction episode. It it is one of my favorite TV shows ever and it just never got enough love from from uh, the audience that NBC was constantly it's, it was always on the the chopping block. So by season 4, uh, we lost Chevy Chase on the series, we lost Donald Glover. Um I think Donald Glover might have been in 4, but he was not in 5. And then for season 6, they ended up doing it on Yahoo streaming service. I think Yahoo Screen. And uh, it was free. You could, I think, it's still available to watch. But um, the, and they did a good finale. The finale wraps it up, and that's why I didn't put it on my list. As much as I love the show, I couldn't figure out how to pitch a movie for it. Like I don't know what you would do because it, it did feel like they they got as far as they could with it making sense. Um, but I, I wouldn't. I would still watch it. Um, I loved Mr. Ed when I was a kid. 
<laughs> and I don't know how you would do a movie necessarily, but I think you put Seth Rogen and Evan Goldberg uh, working on the screenplay for it and let Seth Rogen be Mr. Ed. It could be pretty darn funny. Um, the Wonder Years, let Richard, Richard Linklater direct. Um, I think he's really good at the rite of passage type stories, and that feels like it could be a really cool rite of passage film, keeping the voiceover, uh, doing the whole, you know, doing justice to the old series. Um, Lost, I would love like an extension of Lost. Uh, if you're a fan of the franchise Lost or the series Lost, um, we know that Walt is supposed to take over the duties of the island. So let's pick up there. Like Walt's in charge. Something happens. What what's going on? You know, how does it connect? Maybe um, we have things that go through uh, the island. You know, that maybe pull back from old characters or something like that. T- we know time travel is an option. So who knows? Um, you know where we could do it and let J.J. Abrams direct. Um, I had salute your shorts from Nickelodeon. <laughs> Man, which I think could be That's a really fun. fun family film. You know, do do it family style. Not not a not a continuation. Definitely just a, like same premise. Um, and the last one, because I already said Knight Rider, but I loved Night Court as a kid. Uh, it seems <laughs> like that yes. that sitcom has fallen out of syndication. Like I haven't seen it on anything in recent years. But I I feel like you could make it into um, like a cool comedy drama, um, you know, court movie, like a per- a procedural. And you know, if it's done well, it, the downside is I don't think you could do a continuation of the series. You'd have to reboot it, and so it may not work um, there. But I was trying to think of shows like Twenty One Jump Street or um, Chips that could be rebooted, and that one, even though it's not like that at all, that's what popped in my head. So. <laughs> um, that's our list, people. We'd love to hear what TV shows you think should be turned into film. Um, and in honor of, you know, we're it's happening. So there's a chance. Maybe some of these will actually end up happening. Maybe not because of us, but because it's already happening. <gasps> what? But they should. Hollywood is looking um, to adapt some of these shows. And so it's possible. We'd love to hear your thoughts. So if you want to, you can tweet at us. I am at Burke Reviews. Corey is. At Corey R Star, two R's on the end. And Mike. At Server Monkey. And you can also email us or leave comments on our SoundCloud um, or on our on our blog post. Uh, what is your who, What do you think? What five sh- TV shows should be adapted? Or you can just tell us one TV show you think we left off that would be great to be adapted into a film. Um, we thank you for listening. Uh, thank you for reading our blogs on our website. Um, we've got some exciting episodes coming up in the near future. Mike and I are going to be attending the Star Wars celebration um, yeah. here in Orlando, Florida, um, for Burke Reviews. And my friend pointed out that, Mike, we will most likely be the first people to see the Episode 8 trailer. <gasps> what? Um, as last year they premiered the Rogue One trailer at the Star Wars Celebration. So, yes. You know, you know I got approved for that day because they typically don't let, yeah. you know. Yeah, so we're, we're going to be going up there uh, four days. I'm going to be bringing a camera, so we'll have tons of pictures of the Celebration, as well as uh, we'll be doing our top five uh, theme, top five Star Wars moments that weekend. Um, which is one of the only times I'm going to tell you ahead of time what our topic is going to be. But uh, we're really excited about the opportunity to get to go um, as press to cover the event. Um, and then I'll be covering the Florida Film Festival um, the following week. So Ooh, you know, that's lo- a lot. lots going on on BurkeReviews.com this year. And uh, we're, we're grateful um, for everything that's happened so far. We've, we've been doing this for just about a year for the podcast, over a year for the website. And... Um, you know, we we continue to grow and we uh, appreciate anyone who's listening or reading. And if you want to help us share um, our our post, um, we're going to be getting some stickers here soon. And if you are uh, a listener and you um, comment 
I'll be contacting some of you to send you guys some stickers to help spread the word about BurkeReviews.com and our Burke Reviews podcast. Um, so thank you again. Um, guys, thank you for giving up your Saturday night to do this. Uh, we usually thank record you. on Sundays, but Mike's going to be gone. And you know what? I think we deserve to enjoy the rest of the week kind of doing whatever we want to do. So, You guys have a great spring break. Thank you, Corey. Thank Corey's. you. Enjoy all the homework you have to do for your classes. Oh, <laughs> We're not talking was, about that. That's <laughs> hateful. Because you know I have homework, too. Oh, my bad. Oh, uh, no. I do, I'm, I'm, yeah. I'm writing a screenplay. Uh, my students are writing a screenplay as their final project, and I Ooh. wanted to show them that it can be done in the time frame, so I'm doing it with them. So I, I'm writing, I'll am writing. i be writing a screenplay over the next couple of months, and... Uh, you know, it's, I, oh, it's, I thought you had to have it done by spring break. I'm like, whoa, oh, that's no, hardcore. They had to have uh, note cards done by spring break, which some of them did not. I did. Um, I did mine in one day, and they had three weeks. So. Boom. <laughs> uh, but, you know, to be fair Represent. to them, this isn't my first time attempting this. Um, this is most of their first times. But I got to say, I have some kids. They're really, really invested in this, and they, they have to write a 90-page screenplay. Think about that. That's a lot of writing, and there's some of them are gung-ho and ready to go with it. So... Um, all right, everybody, thank you for listening. Uh, if, again, share our podcast, visit com, and we will be back next week with a new episode. Um, guys, Bye, thanks guys. a lot. Night. Peace.